You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. The post game for a Thursday, April 2nd, with uh, Al and Jerry, Jerry and Al. A lot of stuff today, Al. Today was actually, you know, there was sports yesterday, but today was a lot of fun with a lot of different topics. And I think uh, largely due to this whole Plan Vegas trip, which is probably an entire podcast in and of itself. Uh, but we also discussed some weird habits that some of us have, and we do that often. We also talked about you not inviting anybody to your place and I was glad Craig brought this up, and I like the way he asked me about it, too. He said, you know, you, you've known Al for a long time now, and we have. I mean, I've known you since 07, since you came to the radio station, but really on an everyday basis, everyday basis, since January 4th of 09, I think, is the my first official start date with this show. Never, never once has there been an invitation. Never once has there even been a thought, hey, maybe if things work out or, hey, if these teams win or, you know, hey, we're off on a Tuesday, maybe come over Monday Night Football. Uh, nothing. Zero. Zilch. Ungats. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? I don't know. Well, yeah, and Craig was uh, happened to be in my neighborhood, him and his wife, uh, one Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago, and he wanted to know, he said, oh, maybe I'll come over. I said, well, may- or maybe we'll just meet out somewhere. What is the problem? I don't know because I don't know – it, I have a condo. I know that. It's not a large place. Right. So I don't know. I legitimately don't know what are we going to do when you come over. You talk. About you what? I don't know. Listen, do you Do we go stand on, there or how, do we – I like have a couch, right? Well, how many times have you gone away with them? Uh, and been me. And oh, it, yeah, quite right? a bit. I think we're comfortable enough that we – that there's no such thing really as the awkward silence. I don't think it's that big a deal. But here's what I don't know what to do, and this happens uh, – the only time people come over, I have uh, – two of my guy friends will come over during the NFL playoffs. I get it. And uh, every once in a while, just during the regular NFL season on a Sunday. I have a couch, like an L-shaped couch. Sure. We sit there. It's so awkward sitting on this couch. I don't know – I honestly don't know if I'm not – if I'm not getting pizza – or giving someone Doritos. I don't know what am I doing. Why can't you doing? just relax and watch the game? I guess, but right, there's a game going on. So right. if there's not a game going on. But there's always something happening. Like oh, when, put on like now, Sports Center? Yeah, something. Just have something on for background noise. Like when, when Craig and his wife were in the area, what, what day was that? Was it a weekday it was or a, a weekend? Saturday. 
So that's great. There's a million things on TV. There's a million basketball games. There's there's uh, baseball, spring baseball all over the place. You put MLB Network on, you can get games. You put the NFL Network on and watch, you know, the next America's game, whatever. And we sit on the couch. So be it. And have a drink. Yes. How, how much time have you spent with them? A lot. So what is the How many times have you gone to their place? Often, but they have a big sprawling place because they under, have kids. There's but, a lot going on. Are you sprawling around their place? No. No, you settle down in one spot. When you came to my house, once or twice? Once. Once, that's it? Twice. I think twice. Nah, twice. Twice. The barbecue and the softball game. Oh, yes. Right? Twice. And we cooked and everybody... There's no awkwardness. It was good. Yeah, but in that situation, like a barbecue, you're going in and out. You're going out to the backyard. You're going into the kitchen, uh, living room area, out to the backyard. And you sat there like a lump on a log. Like I did. You should. Yes. Were you? Did you feel awkward when you were hanging around the table? No. But there was also that was a group. It wasn't like just me and you s- sitting there. I would think that might be awkward. I, I'm very awkward in social situations and sitting and, around. And in podcasts. Um, and in podcasts. I, I agree. But <laughs> but in the setting of I don't think you want to invite people over when there's nothing going on. Because in that case, you're right. You're going to sit around and stare at each other. Yeah. But if you do it based around a game or an event or something, there's no issue. And if they're just popping in, here's how it's going to go. So this is the place. Right. So that's where you sleep? Then I'd be judged. By the way, they'll be, oh, well, we're all judged. True. And then you're out the door and it's over. I what guess. What are you hiding in that condo? That's the I have nothing. There, you, actually, I live in such a way that if someone popped by, I wouldn't have to straighten up or hide. So, like, everything is as it should be, as if people were coming over. And you should have but nothing my, to be my, concerned about. I ha- my younger sister, I, I don't think she's been to my place in five years. Well, that but see, that doesn't surprise me because my older sister has come to my house, I think, once a year for the last five years and it's for birthday parties. Yeah, because if kids are there, if they have kids, there's nothing for kids to do in my place. Right. Well, I don't have that issue, but I, I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. They'll just be bored stiff. One thing, Jerry, I would have people over for is the final four, which is happening Saturday. Perfect. Perfect time. I honestly did not know this until yesterday when okay. when Craig asked me. Who, oh, who's doing the, he's like, oh, Nance is doing that game, right? So I said, well, let me check and see which game uh, Nance has. Well, both. Well, that's what I looked. I go, Nance is doing both games. How is that possible? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I, I legitimately had no idea they do the same, they do these, both these games in one location. Wait a minute. Hold on. I swear I did not know that. Hold on. You didn't realize they pick no. a Final Four site every year like they pick a Super Bowl site? No. I didn't know that <laughs> they were all in one spot. This doesn't make it. Oh listen, I, as a, I'm going to think like a businessman, a moneymaker. Yeah. You've already sold out this building for the first Duke-Michigan game. Why would you? Why would you? Now, because does the every same year, because ticket, do the people get tickets to that, both games? Yeah, you get tickets for the night. The games are separated by 30 minutes. You can't yeah, shovel wh- out all those people and get new people but in. But how about this? How about you have one of those games in Indianapolis and about, you do another game in Cleveland? How about now the, you've sold out two buildings. How about the fact the fans are already getting ripped off enough by all of this? Enough. Because what you're saying, you're probably not far off. I could absolutely see in a future, you know, Final Four game one in Houston, yes. Final Four game two in Indianapolis, championship game five days later in Texas. Who would I talk to about that? Nobody. Leave it alone. It's good as it is. This way the games go on. You get the announcers. Two days later, you get the championship game. And thankfully, in April, the college basketball season ends. Like baseball. It doesn't stop. And also, 
how long of a night are you there for? Two games? Yeah, but the, here's the thing about college basketball, which is why it's so awesome uh, in terms of being a spectator. You go to a football game, especially a college football game, it's four hours. Yeah. You go to a pro football game these days, it's 315, 320. A baseball game can be anywhere from 245 to four hours if it's Yankees, Red Sox, could be five hours. College basketball, max, you're in and out in two hours. So how far do we take this? So you're telling me the final four games, there's there's two games in one location. Right. When it gets down to the Elite Eight, are all those in one place? No, so the, the way it games? works is you've got multiple locations. Through, I can't believe you don't know this. Throughout the tour, just filling out a bracket, you should know this <laughs> after the last 20 years of your life. They have multiple locations, and it narrows as the rounds draw down, down, down. Now you're at the final four. The location is Indianapolis. For the final four teams, they will play two games Saturday. Losers go home. The winners play the championship game in Indianapolis Monday night. Gotcha. Do you? And then that's a championship And there were two game. sites for the Elite Eight. Okay. How now about we're Sweet down to 16? How many they states they get? Uh, I would think the Sweet 16, you're probably getting, I don't remember the answer to this. I would think there's probably four sites. So you get All two right. games in each, but it might have been uh, four for two. I'm not sure. I like it, Jerry. Yeah, are we clear? Yeah. You feel okay Jim about Nance. this? I hope they're paying him well. He's doing two straight games. Did you really just wonder if Jim Nance is getting paid well? Yeah. Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. You got double header, folks. They are getting paid so well, your head would explode. And, and you, good for them. And do you like this that you get on uh, on TNT, or no, I'm sorry, the, on TBS is are the national guys. Then on TNT, you get the Duke the Duke team, and on True TV, you get the Michigan State Is that true? Team. Yeah. So you're telling me these games are going to be on multiple channels. Yeah. I knew TBS had the TBS, CBS has the guys. national. So if I didn't a, know. If you're a Duke fan, you're going to want to tune into TNT because you get the Duke team stream. And on True TV, How about that? That is Michigan awesome. State. Yeah, and they do the same for the Kentucky-Wisconsin game. I actually think that is a That's fantastic cool. idea. I did not know they did that. So you're saying for, like, next year when Columbia is in the Final Four. Yeah, you would ha- have And I'm doing stream. the game. I'm going to be heard on True TV. Yes. How about that? That's pretty cool, I got to right? tell you something. That's a pretty cool wrinkle. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, consider like, it what will you watch? I will watch... I would watch National because I, I, I have no interest in these. But I would local. flip back to check out the local guys because yeah. why not? I guess like when Kentucky wins, you want to hear that. You want to hear yes. the home teams winning. Absolutely. I would agree. So very nice. cool. Um, so we also had another thing today during the show. Um, Craig came up with another of his ideas. You know, you guys kill me for coming up with ideas. I mean, every stinking day of which – I never go through with. I just discuss them. I throw them out there. I think they're good ideas. I explore them. I don't do them. I'm not Ralph Cramden. I don't throw $100 into some get-rich-quick-fix scheme. I don't do any of that Eddie stuff. Eddie calls you Ralph Cramden I know he does. Back. And I, I'm actually very offended by that, by that long-haired, fat hippie. I love him to death, but that's not fair or right. Craig, on the other hand, comes up with ideas, and if it's the thought in his head, the dude does it. And he's going to do this ballpark food idea, which I like, too. And I guess he was doing it in conjunction with the Yankees to where all these people come up with their own dishes. We taste test, come up with the final five, and then the winner maybe gets their food item on a menu at Yankee Stadium. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, right now it's just an idea. No one's it's just been an a, idea. Nothing's That's been it. approved. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it seems like every day we come in here with a story about a new wacky food item that's available at some ballpark. Yes. You have and to keep one-upping each other. Everything's either deep fried or they take a, an item like a hamburger or a hot dog and they put nine of them in one bun or something. Yeah, exactly. 
So, I mean, do you said you had an idea. Now, you won't do it. I just give I me had a the, feel. the Pineda Panini. Right. Why would that be so special? It's just it a would, name? It's just a fun name. So you would be going on the name. Yeah. Well, see, here's my question. And I'd find out what we, Pineda likes to eat, and I'd jam that into a Okay, panini. so that's fair. It's still going to yeah. taste good, though, to beat the yes. taste test. What I, what would concern me about something like this is, as you just pointed out, there have been a million new ideas out there from all the different ballparks, and we've gone over them a uh, hundred times. How many different things can you possibly come up with that aren't stupid at this point? Well, it seems it almost seems like they're spinning a wheel and they go, okay, the first thing we're going to grab is the meat. Brrr, okay, steak. The second thing we're going to do is what are we going to do to it? Brrr, spin the wheel. Deep fry it. What are we going to put with it? Brrr, lollipops. And then that's then that's the thing. Oh, Deep like fried that. steak with lollipops. You just came up the with ballpark. a cheese steak with lollipops yeah, mixed in. That's what it's come to. It all, the deep fried is so absurd. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I don't understand how we're so. I think it's great to cook what you're going to cook and give everybody the choice to decide. But I find it absolutely fascinating. Like, wasn't there a place in Vegas, the Heart Attack Grill or something? Yes. Like, how does a place like that even like? I guess if you're going once, it's you're going fun. once as a gimmick. But if you've got steady customers, how can you keep giving them that stuff? Yeah, you're going once as a gimmick. I mean, it's all, but I, I, it is a gimmick, and all these things are gimmicks. But you can come up with some really cool things. Hell. I never heard. I never thought until five, six years ago about putting avocado on food. Right, and now it's become the in thing, and it's damn good, by the way. So, all right, well, that's interesting. So, you, or you will be a judge, or you, if we did, I would this, judge that, yeah. But you also want to put the panini in, yeah, Therefore, would, that kind of takes you out true. of the judge. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm in for. I'm, I'm going to contribute a food and item. Do you think for these people, if we did this to submit, it's got to be named after a former or current Yankee? I like that idea just because it's fun. I don't disagree with you. All right, cool. Al, I don't know if you know this, but I've basically been shaving since I think I'm 13 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe 14. I don't know. I was 19. Sad. Again, very sad. Anyhow, uh, it's a long time. For me, we're talking like 25 years of shaving, and I have gone back and forth from all sorts of brands until I found the latest, and I'm telling you, this one is the best, and it's Harry's. Now, you say, why is it the best? I'm going to tell you why it's the best, because the blades are awesome. I'm I've been on the same blade now for 5 shaves and it works almost as good as the first time I used it and it's great. I'm telling you right now you want to get Harry's. Harry's bought a razor factory in Germany. They've been crafting some of the world's highest quality blades for almost a century and it absolutely shows by cutting out the middleman. They offer an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands and that makes it even better. Go to harrys.com and enter the code postgame at checkout to get $5 off your first order of a starter set. That's right. With the code postgame, you can get a month's worth of shaving for just $10. That's harrys.com, code postgame at checkout, and change the way you shave forever. Jerry, we were talking earlier about uh, the, the food items that Craig wants to invent for uh, Yankee Stadium. Righto. And people really love their food, as you've seen Craig here in the morning. There were two recent stories all this week of people who were assaulted because of food. Here, a woman in Ohio, she stabbed her boyfriend in the groin because he ate all of her salsa. And she had no <laughs> salsa left. She is uh, 50, a 50-year-old 50 woman was upset about her salsa, stabbed uh, Ronnie Bucker, her boyfriend, 61 years old, right in the groin with a pen because he ate all her salsa. Do you have any foods like this that you'd be super upset about if uh, you know, like your no, kids ate on you? I, well, I think I'm a little more mentally stable. Yeah. I would not do that. I, I will say when we do make... Um, not salsa, but avocado sometimes at yeah. home. If we've got the good blue chips going, you know, I kind of want, I want right. my share. I'm not stabbing anybody. And by the way, stabbed, it's a pen. Right. 
I mean, I think that's a sounds... ballpoint pen, though, Jerry, in the ah. groin. That's soft tissue. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I and guess. then this one: a woman in South Carolina tried to run over a teenager because they had a fight about Cinnabon. You know, in the mall. <laughs> yeah, I know it's Cinnabon. Now that's yes. a hard one to resist, the Cinnabon, because yeah, no, it's always in the food court, and you're walking by it, and there's the, the smell of Cinnabon. Uh, and that uh, frosting they use, yes, tremendous. I'm well aware of what it is. It's funny because I make that for the. We buy the ones in the stores that you can make in the uh, in the oven. But it's Cinnabon Kids. brand. Yes. Oh, nice. The boys love it. And so I I put the uh, that stuff on the top of yeah. it. Yeah. And I guess I, I don't know. I only put a little bit on. My son's like, "What is this? Yeah, what are we doing?" Right. He goes, can, "Do you know how to make a Cinnabon or not?" I'm like. All right, you do it next time. So I do understand the draw to that that stuff that on cream top. cheese icing. Yes, they love it. That having been said, I would hope my son's not going to run me over with a car. Yeah, if I don't do it right or take it on him or steal it. Well, or he something doesn't. Like that. He doesn't drive yet. He doesn't. But. but if you upset him, yeah, that's one of those things in the mall. Tough to go by. Uh, I think they sell the mini ones now, so you can kind of get a taste of the Cinnabon without having but, that gigantic thing. See, that's the thing I don't understand about Craig, and you brought it up the other day on the air on, on the show about how he's a taster. Yeah, he would not eat a full Cinnabon. I can't do that. Me neither. It's like, and there aren't many foods that I can't resist. You could put 100 great cheeseburgers on my desk, and I will look at them. I'm good. You can put potato chips, whatever. But if you put pizza next to me... I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, don't don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Oh, I got to have the pizza. Right. It's the one food that I absolutely need to have, and I can't take four bites and throw it out. Instead, it's like, I feel okay. I think there's a little more room in there. Let's yeah. go for another. And then do you have that immediate immediate guilt right after? I don't. With pizza, really? I do not. I'll tell you why. I enjoy it that much. I just tell myself, and I'll give you a good example. I just tell myself, work out harder. So last night... We had uh, Wednesday night, I had my first two baseball practices for my little guy and for the big guy. So I had T-ball and then regular baseball practice. We were out there for three hours. Game of practice is over. What are we going to do? Well, we'll go to the pizza place. Why not? I don't run out of time. Who cares? Um, we go to the pizza place. I'm like, I'm not getting pizza. Not going to happen tonight. So I go for some shrimp parm. No bread on a dish. Not terrible. Ate the whole thing. Felt great. Two slices of pizza just oh. staring at me. Oh, I, I, did you? Oh, I killed them. You killed them. <laughs> so you had you would have just had two pieces of pizza probably, but instead yes. you added the shrimp instead parm. Instead I had the shrimp parm because I didn't want to eat the pizza, and I ate it all. I didn't know shrimp could be parmed. Oh, are you kidding? I knew eggplant fry parm. It, bread it, fry it. Chicken parm. How have you not had shrimp parm? I've never even, I would never even think you to parm a uh, seafood dish. My favorite parm is shrimp parm. Do they make scallop palm parm? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, maybe in some places. I might submit that to the Yankee Stadium. But scallops thing. is gross, though. Scallop parm. Like, there's nothing to what well, Scallops scallop. don't taste like anything. Uh, yeah, if you get if you get a little olive oil or whatever they whatever the yeah, these to, places I guess do. you'd have to bread them, delicious. fry them. You know what? Why not? Let's go for it. They're delicious. I'm going to add that palm, uh, parm, parm, scallop, parm. I'm going to do for my the thing Craig's doing, inventing things for the ballpark. I like it. People would love that in the middle of July. Yeah, when it's 95 degrees outside. Yeah, but you make it in a sub. You got a beer and you got a scallop parm sub. Yes. Why wouldn't you love that? Jerry, this is the end of uh, the, what do we call this show? The post-game podcast? Yeah. Now, uh, you know, this show, we cover things that we didn't cover on the show and also things from our personal lives. Well, I'm also going to occasionally, we might do uh, interviews that we didn't have time for in the show. Jerry, I sat down with Heather Hardy. This woman was a single mom, and uh, she became a boxer, and now she boxes at Barclays. 
So after this little break, if people are interested, I talked to her for 15 minutes about uh, how does a uh, good-looking woman go from uh, being a single mom to punching people at Barclays. It'll be right up after this. Uh, I know you normally say the goodbye, so I'll let you do that part. Uh, I, first of all, recommend staying and listening because it actually is pretty cool. And with that, goodbye. Peace out. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's the Boomer and Carton Post Game Show. Wow! With the real stars of the show. Alan Jerry. Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here. And my guest today is Heather Hardy. And Heather is a female boxer. Hi, Heather. Hi, Al. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, is it? I know it's not polite to ask a woman her age, but I, I think as a woman boxer, I can ask. I am 33 years old. 33. Yeah. And you've been a, a, a boxer for how long? I was, I've been a professional for two years. Yeah. And I was an amateur for two years. So I've been doing it about four years. So you don't get into it till you're in your late 20s. I didn't. No, I was 28 when I had my first fight. What were you doing with your first 28 years of your life? <laughs> well, the beginning, you were just a baby. But yeah. what, what were you, did you go to, uh, you grew up where? I grew up in Garrettson Beach in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I went to private school. Now, were you a tough kid? Were you fighting people in school, in your yeah. private school? I was tough. My you neighborhood are. is tough. So it is. <laughs> I think all beach rats are tough. It's it's in our blood. When do you you remember getting into the into fights when you were a kid? Um yeah, I think we all did. But were you were you better at it than the other kids? I don't know if I was better or worse. I think uh, everyone says uh, the best thing I bring in the ring yeah. is that I'm good at getting hit. <laughs> really? So, if anything, I was good at getting hit as a kid. <laughs> right. So uh, you're you grow up in a tough tough neighborhood. Uh, you go to high school over there too in Brooklyn. Yeah. No, actually, I went to Stella in Queens in Rockaway Beach. Was that a tough place also? No. No. Why <laughs> did you really. Why did you go over there? Because uh, it wasn't tough. Oh. My mom wanted to send me to a good school. Oh, so. she thought if you went to high school there in Brooklyn, yeah, trouble. So I went. She sent me to Rockaway. Okay, so you go to high school. Are you a good student over there? Yeah, I did really well in high school. I graduated college. Went to John Jay. What's John? Oh, that's the criminal school. Yeah, I have my degree in forensics. So when you were in high school, you wanted to be uh, like an FBI type uh, girl. Yeah. You yeah. did like yeah. go to crime scenes and everything. Yeah, I was. I guess I'm just an action junkie. I really, to join the FBI and fight crime, travel around the world. <laughs> and then, so you gra- so you graduate high school. In the non-tough Queens. Yes. You go to John Jay. You're uh, you're you're going for forensics. You get out of there, and what do you get to do? What was your first job out of there? Uh well, before I graduated, I had a baby. You did? Yes, I have a ten-year-old. Wow. So, uh, I had a baby, and then I went back and finished school. And at that time, um, I was just trying to kind of piece life together. Right. So I was working a bunch of jobs. I was working down the Bowery selling lights. As a secretary, I was doing internet marketing. <laughs> so do you think when you, you had a kid that you had to put the, the forensics career on hold because that was a harder thing to do? It really was because um, I wanted to be around for my daughter. So it just changed my way of thinking a little bit. Yeah. And then how does a, how does a single mom end up uh getting into boxing at 28 <laughs> well i kind of fell into it they opened up a little kickboxing gym in garrettson beach and um i was living with my sister and both of our kids and she was staying home with the kids and i was working and 
She was like, just try it, you know, do something for yourself. Like for exercise. Yeah, you're always working. You never have time for yourself. So after work, I would go, and uh, within three weeks, I had my first bite. And I actually uh, fought on the undercard. Chris Algieri was kickboxing in the, then, and I fought on one of his undercards. And this huge place, there was like 2,000 people there. And I fought, and I beat the crap out of this girl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it just was, it was like... The missing puzzle piece. But how do you go from, you're going there to do some exercise, right? And lots of girls are there. Lots of guys are there. But how does it go from just something you're doing exercise-wise into, is there someone there who says, hey, you know, you're you're better at this than the average girl that comes in here for exercise. Do you ever think of maybe, uh, you know, bo- uh, kickboxing for real? Not really. I started because the coach got a phone call that they were looking for an opponent for someone and she's like, you want to do it? And I was like, whatever. <laughs> no, this would be kicking and punching. Yeah, kicking and punching. I started out kickboxing right. first. That seems too complicated to me. Yeah, it is complicated. It makes boxing seem so easy. Right, because you're only focusing on... I don't on... have to worry about anyone's feet. <laughs> right, she's never... <laughs> In boxing, you're never going to get kicked. Yeah. So uh, so they say, hey, would you would you be interested in kickboxing this woman? Now, is, is that because in, in, uh, in kickboxing or maybe even in boxing, there are not a ton of females in it? You know, it's kind of like uh, we, we hear a lot about Ronda Rousey in the MMA and how she just dominates her opponents. But the reality in there, there's not a whole lot of, of women for her to fight. So if you're really good your competition might be really below you. It's, it's very true. That's why I switched from kickboxing to boxing because there are even fewer female kickboxers, and it got to where I fought everyone that was anywhere near my weight. And you went right through them. And it, well, not not just to say you go right through them, but they're just as a, as a very small pool. So it got to where it was like, all right, either I fight the same person again or do something different. So there's a lot more female boxers than kickboxers and boxing took me a lot more places so then you go from now that's a whole set of different training right you you knew how to kickbox and then you have to do a whole separate training for boxing yeah it's it's honestly like that even though they're so similar it's like two different sports it really is yeah and what's the main difference for you other than not getting kicked (laughs) and not watching out for the for the feet well mostly is is how you move your head you got to you really don't want to be ducking down too much into somebody's kicks. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did. Uh, we did boxing um, on a radio show I used to work on like 12 years ago or so. We used to have nights where we would go out and, and fight each other. And we were mm-hmm. amateur. You know, we didn't. We had no training. Yeah. So we would fight other producers, other talk show hosts. <laughs> wow. It was like a dumb thing to do. But the one time I, I was kept losing. So I went to a... a a boxing place. I said, "Hey, you know, I I'm I am going to box as somebody who does. I don't know how to box. I'm going to go box somebody that doesn't know how to box. What can you teach me?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "For people that don't have a lot of experience, they'll always go for the head." Right. So he taught me. All he taught me was duck and then to hit the go exposed. To the body. Ri- yeah, expo- <laughs> right to the body, to the exposed bodies, or work the arms because mm-hmm. you tire out your opponent's <laughs> arms. Right, then they can't punch you. Yeah. So then, uh, what sort of training did you start doing there? Do you have to start watching what you eat and all that stuff? Uh, sure. Uh, in the amateurs, uh, you fight at a certain weight, and you weigh in like a few hours before competition. But you had to be that exact poundage, yeah? Yeah, it's, 
I mean, I still do now, but in the amateurs, I was fighting a lot more often. Could be fighting once a week, so my diet was really strict. I was always walking around at my fight weight, and um, which was what one twenty five. Okay, now I fight at one twenty two as a pro, but one twenty five as an amateur. But when I met Devon Cormack, my coach, he started teaching me about defense, and in kickboxing and karate. They really don't teach you a lot about defense. It's, it's a lot more brutal. Right. So when I when I got into Gleason's, um, his sister, Alicia Ashley, was my first coach. And she always talks about how when I came into her, I said, I want to fight. And she said, no, you want to box. I'm not teaching you how to fight. I'm going to teach you how to box. So, so it's more defensive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like they call it a science. It really is. So start learning the beauty of the sport instead of the brutality of the fight. Right. So it's more blocking and um, not letting someone hit you. Hitting and hit and don't get hit is is really yeah how it's supposed to be. But after two broken nose and seventeen stitches in my face, <laughs> where'd you get those? Like above the eye? Yeah, I had gotten all the stitches from headbutts, all the stitches, all seventeen of them over two fights. And my first broken nose came from kickboxing. I got kicked in the face. <laughs> you really can't tell, but <laughs> no, you cannot tell. <laughs> so I always wondered in boxing how people get cut. Is it you get cut if you don't get head butted? Because the gloves are padded, but do they do do the corners catch you sometimes? I mean, the leather can rip your skin, but you yeah, that's put Vaseline it on it. So yeah, really I do don't. see that. What's up with that? The Vaseline so the gloves will slide. Well, so that doesn't, doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, if I land a punch on you, now it's going to slide off. Yeah, but I'm still punching you in the face. Oh. And then what's that thing we see in boxing? Like when the boxer goes back to the corner, they they have that uh, looks like an iron. Oh, an ink swell. It and reduces the, the swell. Is that just ice cold? It's it's really cold. They have it in the ice pack, but it's but it's metal, like, right? Yes, yeah, to like rub out. Yeah, the the blood so that you don't wind up with this big swollen eye. Now, how do you do in these fights? Are you uh, when you get done with these fights? Does it look like you've been in a in a fight? Uh, sometimes yeah and then how long does it does it take for you for you to look like uh you weren't brawling somebody um it depends on how bad the fight was yeah like after after the stitches usually about a week yeah (laughs) the black and blue is go away in about a week and how often are you (laughs) fighting people now uh last year i fought five times so, so you must laugh at like this Floyd Mayweather. He's fighting once a year, if that, he, right? He can afford it. The girls can't. Oh, right. We have to fight five times a year. <laughs> and do you have a lot of different opponents now you can be facing? Yeah. I mean, I've I've done a rematch once, but there are so many girls. There are so many of us that nobody knows about. There's like a whole female boxing community. <laughs> and who do you like uh, as far as um, like male boxers? Um. I love Triple G. Love the way he punches. Who's Triple G? Uh, Gennady Golovkin. Okay. He's probably my favorite boxer right now. And do you ever take any of the techniques that those guys use? Um, I work on it every day. Try. Various techniques. That's uh, that's my goal. I want to punch people like he does. (laughs) Do you ever feel like... Oh, if I could only kick, this woman's lined up right for a great kick right here. Sometimes. And you have the, the, (laughs) when you're in it though, your training initially was kickboxing. Yeah. So I would think maybe instincts take over and you you want to whack someone. Yeah. In the beginning, I would pick up my knees and my sparring partners (laughs) and be like, hey, (laughs) don't you dare. (laughs) And what is, uh, like, what do you, what do you eat for your diet to keep at your 122? Um, like protein and green. Are we, are people allowed to eat carbs or no? Yeah, I eat carbs. You do? Yeah, I don't. Like I mean, what? I try not to eat 
like flour, but I eat brown rice. I get, I get carbs from vegetables, sweet potatoes. Oh, I love a sweet potato. Yeah, it's all right. So white, <laughs> you stay away from white carbs. Yeah, all the good stuff I stay away from. Sugar, Sugars, no sugar. Right. Yeah. What about, okay, so your protein, you're eating lean protein. Yeah, chicken, fish. Do you and you're you're portioning it out like four ounces, six ounces. Pretty like towards the end, closer to my fights, I start doing that. But when you train so much, I'm always so hungry. I don't think <laughs> anyone is hungry like I get hungry. <laughs> right. And then if you, do you go out to restaurants or you try to prepare? Like you're in complete control if you're preparing at home. Yeah, and uh, Devon, my coach, my manager, he he cooks everything for me. Yeah, and he he watches. <laughs> do you ever see like when A Rod was going through his um. Uh, it, it, you know, he was being super healthy as what he was eating. He would go out to restaurants but bring his own food. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like you bring a boiled chicken or something terrible. I don't think I would do that. <laughs> so as someone who uh, was born in uh, Brooklyn, you got to fight at Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. Well, when did you do that? Uh, June of last year. I was the first female to fight there. That was pretty cool, right? It was really cool. Yeah. I remember when they built it and... Were you were you uh, into boxing then or no? I, I had just started boxing, and I remember seeing the pictures of Pauline Malinaji in the in the um, subway station, yeah. thinking like, "I'm gonna fight there one day. I want my pictures in there one day." So, and then you got to go there, yeah. And what must have been pretty cool, right? When it you was, go to the ring, it was awesome. <laughs> Do boxers have uh, music that they use when they come to the ring? I walk out every fight to "Girl on Fire" by Alicia Keys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then, so what's, what's your next upcoming fight? I'll be fighting April 11th at the Barclays Center. Back to the Barclays. That's like your place now. Oh, I'd love it to be my place. (laughs) And who's this gal you're fighting? Um, she's from Hungary. She wants, she want to come and take my title, but. Has she been here? Is she lives in Hungary or she's. uh, She's from Hungary. She lives in Hungary. She's flying in for the fight. Really? Does she know what she's up against? Brooklyn style. Uh. Barclays Brooklyn style. I can't answer for her. <laughs> now, um, now, do you know any? Now, what will you do to prepare to fight this woman? Do you get um, tapes of her previous fights, or is it is that stuff easy to find? Or do you, or do you, um, how do you I'm get sh- it? I'm sure my manager, my coach, they watch the tapes, but I try not to get preoccupied with that because I always feel like. They could fight a hundred people, but Shane never fought me before. Right. So. <laughs> well, what if she's? Uh, what do you? What is your most vulnerable part? That I. I get hit a little too much. I think I'm a little tougher than. But you said that you know how to take those hits. Yeah. So uh, I'm a little over aggressive. <laughs> now, do your fights end? Um, you know, you go the distance, or are you more of a knockout type? No, uh, I have 12, 12 wins, only two knockouts. So you're going I'm, a distance. I'm a volume puncher, yeah. So if you're if you're uh, someone who likes to get hit, is that bad for you in the scoring though? In these in some of these fights, um, I suppose it could be, but it hasn't been so far. Yeah, I'm very aggressive. <laughs> now, do you ever think about you? You went from kickboxing to boxing. Do you ever think MMA or? I don't, I never grappled before. And like I said, kickboxing and boxing is two different sports. MMA is like, is like another. That's get someone on the ground. Yeah. That's like something I never even tried before. Yeah. Um, Does it feel good? This I always wondered, like if you go somewhere to a bar or somewhere where it's kind of rowdy and and looks kind of like trouble, knowing that you can handle yourself. 
like me, I'm in a bar and there's oh. going to be trouble. I'm like, how do I get out of here? Because <laughs> you know how to how to defend yourself. I do, but at the same time, it's kind of scary because I think like, like if I hit this girl, I would kill her. Right, and then you're in a lawsuit. <laughs> and then I'm in trouble. Right. So, you know, I always find myself thinking like, I better get out of here so I don't hurt somebody. Right. <laughs> Not that you would get hurt, but yeah. you hurt somebody and then you'll be a uh, lawsuit. Yeah. So your your fight coming up is what's the date again on it? It's April eleventh. And how do people get tickets for this? You can get tickets at you can go on my website heatherheathardy.net or um, sure from the Barclay Center. Okay, and where did you get that nickname, the Heat? Uh, Devon, my my coach gave me it's my name, Heather, but right. But what's the Heat? Uh, like, where did that come from? Because I'm very aggressive. Is that right? I bring the heat. You bring the heat. <laughs> What about this wrestling? You ever think about getting into pro wrestling? No, I never did it before. Yeah. I would be just as likely to get into pro football. Right. It's <laughs> something <laughs> Not I never likely. tried. So you, will you, how long do you think you can do this for, boxing? Um, I can do it until I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And when is that? I don't know. Can you make a decent living um, boxing these days? Uh, women can't make a decent living yet, but I'm hoping... That someone will put us on TV and change that. Right. Because right now, a lot of the networks have policies that they don't air and televise female fights. Really? And that's why none of us girls are getting paid. Why do so, you think that is? Do they give you a reason for that? They have not. They're just, their answer is no, we don't televise female fights. And there's no good reason behind it. Um, in like 15 years ago, they had televised a few female fights and didn't make money off it. And they refused to revisit it but it's a different time like yeah. Ronda, like you mentioned ronda rousey is tearing it up at the ufc proving that people watch women fight right i can fight i fight like a boy you don't see my pigtails when i'm fighting do you think you could beat up some guy boxers that you watch sure I beat like when you're guy wa- boxers all the time you do <laughs> when you watch them you see like i could take this guy i mean all champions feel like they can take anyone right so i'm the wrong person to ask that <laughs> so you feel like when you are getting in that ring that's your ring yeah and you're my winning office. that fight that's my that's office. your office yeah and you'll be ready to go mm-hmm. well we wish you uh, good luck uh make barclay center that should be your place yeah. you're from Bro- brooklyn you had your fir- your first female fighter there. Yeah. You should take control of it again. It's my office. It is your office. <laughs> You'll be in your office. Yes. This is Heather Hardy. Thank you, Heather. Thank you.